an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. God bless Jalen Ramsey. This is exactly what the NFL needed. The NFL offseason for the past couple of years has been incredibly boring and serious. Everything about the NFL has been anthem-related, plotting, boring, serious, not reflective of how much fun the game is. And you compare it, let's say, with the NBA where almost all of the drama that happens in the NBA is off the court, whether it's free agency, whether it's players posting on Instagram, whether it's something that somebody said, it's all the drama surrounding the game more than it's the actual game. And the NFL has an infinitely better product than the NBA. I don't think there's anybody out there listening to me right now who would disagree. In the NFL... You have no idea who is going to win the Super Bowl every year. Not very many people thought that the Eagles were going to be your Super Bowl champ coming into last season. Even Eagles fans are still somewhat stunned that they found a way to win the Super Bowl, particularly once Carson Wentz got hurt and you had to go to Nick Foles. The unexpected outcomes of the NFL make it extraordinary. Also, It's even unexpected when the playoffs are set. 
There are 12 teams every year that make the NFL playoffs. All 12 NFL playoff teams, I can sketch you out a pathway by which that team can reach the Super Bowl. We almost, guys, ended up with the Jacksonville Jaguars versus Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl, which I bet would have paid off if you had just gone out and bet on what the Super Bowl matchup was going to be, a 1,000 to 1 or better. Because nobody thought the Jags were going to come surging back like they did. Nobody thought the Eagles were going to be there. It's why every single year the NFL gives you hope if you are a fan. Things can turn on in a heartbeat. Teams can go from the worst team in the league to the best team in the league or at least the best team in their division in one season. 32 NFL teams and 32 teams feel like every year they can make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs. Now, nothing like that happens in the NBA. But what the NFL has gotten caught up in is they have had far too much issues with the with the anthem and everything else about players being told basically don't say anything, don't draw attention to yourself. What the NFL has needed to do is match in some way the excitement that the game itself can actually provide with some excitement in the lead-up. And I thought that's what Jalen Ramsey did beyond a shadow of a doubt. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I just don't think it's smart for baseball. And again, I understand the argument of, hey, you're talking about baseball because guys are throwing at each other. Danny G., Do you agree with me that if baseball were smart, they would do away with this trend of allowing a pitcher to intentionally hit a batter? I think it's dangerous. I think it's bad for the game. It leads to bench-clearing brawls, which could have serious consequences at some point. I just think it's bad for the game of baseball overall. I disagree with you, and the reason why is the fans like this. I was at an L.A. sports bar last night, and this lady sitting up at the bar is screaming at the TV, come on, hit him, hit Puig, throw at him again, hit him. She's a Dodgers fan, and she's asking for the Giants pitcher to hit Puig because she wanted to see action. Now, that's the thing about baseball. People love to see the benches clear. And Yeah, I understand that it's, like, entertaining. I think it's bad for the sport. I think you're getting soft on me, Clay. What's going on here? <laughs> I'm so, this is a pussy willow take by me. I understand that if I check, if I check Twitter, there's going to be a bunch of people telling me D-Bat. I just don't think it's smart for baseball. And again, I understand the argument of, hey, you're talking about baseball because guys are throwing at each other. Yeah, but I still don't think it's smart. And I'm at least consistent. I also don't like I, – I, I will go watch NHL uh, hockey games. I also don't like when NHL teams allow guys to fight. And I think I, it's That's dumb. what I was going to say. I was just – it's just like hockey is like it's just part of the it's part of the game. Like players are going to police themselves, so I just feel it's like it's like hockey. It's going to happen, and and I don't think it's going to change. Hockey makes more sense to me because I I'm not first of all I never played hockey, so I don't understand the sport in the way that somebody who would have played. But I understand that there is a code by which hockey is played, and you've got to protect the code. I don't know that the baseball code is as important. In other words, if you t- if you took away enforcers and hockey and everything else, people argue with me who know hockey better than I do that the game would be a lot uglier, and so this is a necessary evil in hockey. Now, my pushback on that would be they never fight in the Olympics, and that's a pretty entertaining brand of hockey to watch. So I think it's all about the expectations. You can get something in a sport to change 
if you institute punishments that make players take note of the significance of their actions. So we'll ask John Morosi about this. Also, you can weigh in and tell me I'm a pussy willow and tell me DBAP because I think you need to stop players from being intentionally thrown at by pitchers. Uh, what about you, Eddie Garcia? You uh, agree or disagree with me that baseball needs to get a control of this? Well, I, I think you know there's always going to be like black and white and gray involved in this. Like if you're throwing at somebody's head and you believe it's intentional, then yeah, that's something that's incredibly dangerous, can end someone's career and possibly even their life. But I think pitching inside has to be a part of baseball. He hit him on purpose to start the game. Probably, yes. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. John, I just asked the question. Should baseball do something about batters being thrown at intentionally? In other words, I always say that if you really want to stop a behavior, your punishment dictates whether or not you really want to stop it. And I don't think baseball wants to stop pitchers from throwing at batters because if they did – College basketball and the NBA, for example, have basically taken all fighting out of the game by instituting such substantial penalties that players have adjusted their behavior. Hockey hasn't been willing to do that, and baseball hasn't been willing to do that. Should baseball do something about pitchers throwing at batters? Well, I think the penalty has to be severe. And and when you think about that, I, I would say because it's a starting pitcher, which, which means if you want to have a miss – two games, uh, or two starts rather, you have to basically suspend them for 10 games. I, I think 10 games is appropriate. I mean, this, we're at a, at a spot, Clay, where, where this, this player, in the case of Acuna, he, he did nothing wrong. He, he's done nothing other than just be a great young player in the game and be a great star. And so when you, when you have a scenario where you're allowing pitchers to just hit hitters because they don't like the fact that they're having success, I mean that that is that is something you have to get out of the game entirely, um, and so to your point, I I think at least ten games and probably longer than that. You you cannot you cannot just say, well, we're going to make them feel uncomfortable at the plate. We're going to throw them inside, and then you hit them, and then all of a sudden he's he's out for however long. And obviously we don't know yet exactly how, how long that may be, and, and hopefully it's not long at all. But the, the point is. That, that this is not something you can have in a game that talks so much about wanting to promote its young stars. And you and I, Clay, during the course of the year, talk about this a lot, about baseball's need to really find ways to, to increase the star power and, and really engage with young people. But, but if, if you're going to do that, you've got to have your best players on the field. So you can't have them getting hit for reasons that are really only the fact they're having success. That's, that is not a, a reasonable and, and appropriate and fair uh, cause and action for, for getting hit with a baseball. Don Mattingly said that he basically he didn't have anything to do with this, that he wasn't sure if he was intentionally throwing everything else. In your experience, is this something that an individual pitcher decides to do on his own? That seems to me unlikely. Do you buy into the idea that the Marlins had no idea that he was going to throw and hit him with the first pitch of the game? Clay, to me, first pitch of the game, uh, this was not something that, that he would have been doing totally on his own. Now, is it plausible that it came from a veteran player in the in the clubhouse, or, or maybe a, someone in the coaching staff that that uh, maybe gives Don Madley a bit of uh, deniability. Yes, it's possible, uh, and, and I think in some cases it, it doesn't come directly from the manager. Hey, we need you to hit this guy. But there are some ways that 
the message can be relayed with a wink and a nod that sort of says, hey, we think you should do something about how comfortable he is right now. Obviously, to do it on the first pitch of the game is a pretty brazen approach and obviously makes it hard to deny it if it's the if it's his third or fourth plate appearance and it's in a different count maybe you've got the ability to to deny that um that action but the way that it happened is is pretty pretty hard to pretty hard to make that point i mean it's it's a and again it's something the game should not allow to happen but when you have allowed it to get to this point for a long time culturally it becomes hard to say well it's it's okay if you hit somebody when there have been two uh, hit by pitches against me, uh, I'll hit somebody in the seventh inning, and and we're gonna hit them, hit him in the you know in the hind quarters and you know on, on the rear end and let him go to first base, and and that's quote unquote the right way to handle it. But then when this happens here and, and it's a potential injury situation, that's the wrong way to handle things. When, when you've allowed it to be an unwritten rule that's interpreted different ways over a long period of time, uh, you will you open yourself up to something happening the way that it occurred last night. All right, let me just give you a hypothetical. Because oftentimes I think we are moved by excessive outcome of uh, like an unexpected uh, awfulness, but it's expected if you look back at all of the, the lead-up. And that may be a poor way of phrasing this, so let me just give you the hypothetical. Player gets hit in the head. It's clear that it's an intentional pitch. The player is uh, maybe, let's say, he's trying to, to, to drop down. Whatever happens, he gets hit in the head, and he's severely injured. And everybody takes a step back, and they say, well, my God. Like, I mean, if you get hit in the head by a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, you could die, right? I mean, that is possible sure. to happen. Yeah. Um, if a severe injury happens, and it is clear that it is intentional, is that what it would really take for baseball to go back and look at these uh, look at these rules about unwritten rules about when you can hit guys and when you can't, and for baseball to just say, "Hey, this is not going to happen anymore." And the reason why I give you that hypothetical is when we saw Ron Artest. You're in the Michigan area. You remember this, right. I'm sure. The malice in the palace. When we saw Ron Artest go into the crowd and the brawl that ensued between the uh, the Pistons and the uh, and, and the uh, Pacers and back the in the Pacers. day, yeah. David Stern basically said, no, this can never happen again, and he implemented rules which, to his credit, have basically ensured that brawls in the NBA will never happen. Now, there is the added little element of the NBA brawl, which is fans can end up in the middle of a brawl, right? Because they're literally right on top of the court. So the danger and liability and everything else is maybe different than it is in any other sport because no other sport are you as close to the athletes as you are in the NBA. But the NBA made it come to an end. And I'm sure there had been debates in the NBA before about, hey, how should we address fighting and everything else? And then this one incident happens, and it is the uh, it is the launch point. It is the uh, the trigger where everything has to change from that point going forward. Is that what really would have to happen in baseball? We'd have to have a malice in the palace style incident involving a player being hit intentionally? Maybe. Uh, and that's a very fair point, Clay. I think that Part of this, though, is 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 this that that throwing inside, quote unquote, and and there is some not in this case, by the way, because I think that, I think with Acuna it was very clearly on purpose. Uh, throwing inside in general is, according to many pitchers and pitching coaches and managers, it's a very important thing to do uh, to have success in the game because that that allows you to prevent the the hitter from quote unquote diving across the plate 
and and being able to effectively dominate that area of the strike zone by never being afraid of the ball coming in. And so fear is part of the the toolkit of the pitcher. Uh, it's it's not uh, it, it doesn't make it feel comfortable for all of us to to look at and know that wow like a, a hitter could be you know struck down by by a pitch and, and have his life change but it, it's some small percentage of it is is part of the way that the the game's strategy exists from a standpoint of throwing inside not on not throwing inside to hit somebody but throwing inside to throw inside because that that moves them quote unquote off the plate moves their feet there are there are reasons why strategically that has to be able to occur and so that's why if you see games that are played under warning a lot of times everybody gets upset because then a pitcher feels like well throwing the inside two seamer is part of my game and if i hit somebody unintentionally then i'm going to get ejected and and my my team's going to be at a disadvantage so there's there are there are cases where pitchers do so rather innocently where, where they are legitimately trying to throw inside and they'll hit somebody, and sometimes they'll get ejected, and it's not really their fault. Usually, though, Clay, the umpire knows. The umpire, this is where we talk about robo-umps and, and different ways of uh, automating the strike zone. The umpires, the good ones at least, they understand the rhythm of the game. They understand, they understand the pitcher, what his stuff is. They understand how to try to get these guys out individually, and so they usually know okay, that was on purpose, or you know what, he was just trying to throw a two-seamer in that just ran a little bit and it hit him, hit him on the, the wrist, and that was not on purpose. Uh, I, I think that, that to do it with the first pitch of the game is a little, little cheeky uh, that, that, that I think will, will, not, uh, will not be able to escape without penalty here. But I, I think to your point, Clay, it's, just, it's a really difficult thing to legislate because you're legislating intent when hitting someone on purpose and hitting someone with a uh, with a fastball that ran in sometimes doesn't look all that uh, I, I mean sometimes looks pretty similar I, I mean so it's it's really hard it's really really hard to, to legislate that baseball's got a problem with it and and they do I think the one thing they should probably do clay is when they know or at least with with a very high degree of, of confidence that something was in fact on purpose that person should be suspended to a very extreme degree that would discourage other purposeful pitches in, in the same way. We're talking to John Morosi. John, the other thing you can say is, and people out there listening may say, Clay, you're talking about baseball, <laughs> right? right? I mean, we talked, we opened talking about Jalen Ramsey, and then we talked about the situation that happened last night between the Braves and the Marlins. First pitch, uh, beanball, uh, pitcher gets ejected. Is that good for baseball? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. And, and here's why. And, and this is, it's a fair. It's a fair question, and, and, and I, I kind of have the same interaction with, uh, with hockey on it as well, and hockey's a separate topic. But yep. if, you're, if, you're, if we're talking about it for, for a reason that's not germane to an enduring interest in the sport, um, and this, this actually, I think another example of this is the home plate collision scenario, which, which, is, which has inspired a lot of debate in baseball, and the hard slides into second, same thing. If... If if this is what it takes people or a fan to get excited about baseball, I, I don't think it's a really an enduring connection. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's debate, but but if if somebody's 
interested in this discussion that we're having right now, which I hope they are, by the way. I hope that, uh, yeah, me uh, too. Hope, Join hope, the club. We're, we're yeah. doing a good job. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know that it's going to make people say, you know what, I, I want to tune in at, at 7 o'clock on – you know, on, on on Fox Sports South and, and watch Ronald Acuna Jr. or on on your on your app. I mean, I hope it does, but I, I think that the, that if you're if you're making a point of watching these young stars in the game, it's for a reason that's not that that you were stimulated by a debate about them being hit. I, I think that uh, baseball has got to do a better job of uh, and everybody involved in the game, myself included. Uh, we got to talk talk about and celebrate the stars, and encourage and embolden them to be themselves in a way that draws in young people as opposed to uh, when, when controversies in a negative way happen, that it draws eyeballs. I, I think that uh, um, it's a fair question, but I, I would say very few people will will fall in love or fall back in love with this game or the Braves or Acuna based on the, the, the current debate about whether or not he was hit on purpose or, or in, the, in the very likely event that he was, what the proper uh, disciplinary action would be. All right. Are the Braves, in your opinion, the favorites in the NL East at this point? They're 8-2 and two, uh, in their last 10. They have opened up a two-game lead on the Phillies. It appears that the Washington Nationals are just going to basically be a 500 team. They are now nine games out. Don't want to say they're officially done, but it feels like they're done. Uh, is this between the Braves and the Phillies? Who would you make the favorite right now as we come uh, down the final 40-ish games of the regular season? Clay, it's a great question. I think that uh, for me, I would say the Braves, uh, I'm a little bit worried about their rotation's health, uh, where, of course, they've lost Mike Soroka and others here for a period of time. But I think that for now, they, they their rotation is solid enough and I think the rest of their club, I, I like the fact that they've got Freddie Freeman, they've got Nick Barkakis, they've got some veteran players that I think will help this team close very well in the season. Uh, I think behind the plate with Flowers and Suzuki, I, and, and, just, and then just the young talent, the sheer talent of Albies and Acuna. Camargo's a really nice young player. Swanson, uh, th- there's a lot to like with this, with this club. So I, I think for me, Clay, I, I, I would go with, with Atlanta. And, and, yes, I think the Nationals are out of this thing. As crazy as it is to say it, um, you know, the last several days, the, the, the excruciatingly tough losses they've had, um, they, they fired or let go Dusty Baker, didn't renew his contract after last season, and I think that they may now be regretting it a little bit. They, they've, made, they've made some, uh, I think, some incorrect decisions over time. You can even go back six years ago to the Strasburg shutdown, which I still – which I did not agree with then and don't agree with now. Um, they're now about to. When you take a step back, Clay, and I think it's important to kind of look at this as it's as this era. Harper is going to be a free agent without this team ever advancing out of the first round of the playoffs. And and part of the rationale on the Strasburg thing was yes that they felt like it was the right thing for the player, but they believed they were entering a time when when they were going to have multiple chances to win a World Series during the Strasburg Harper era. And at least with the two of them together before free agency, that era ends this year, and it's it's going to be the the Braves or the Phillies, uh, an upstart young team with a lot of charisma, uh, winning the National League East, and, and the Nationals have a ton of questions in front of them about what their future looks like. Rapidly here, quickly for you, John Morosi, Red Sox or the field right now? Who you got? <laughs> okay, this is a great question, Clay, because it's uh, I would take the field just because. 
the Red Sox, I don't think they've got a better than 50% chance to, to win. But if any team ever did entering the playoffs, it would be a team that's on pace to tie or challenge or maybe surpass that 116 win total by the Seattle Mariners in 2001. Outstanding stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the weekend, my man. My pleasure, Clay. Great, uh, great interview as always, my friend. You always, you're always asking the right questions. You keep me on my toes every morning, and I appreciate that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Was that a curse word? I can't even tell what this walk-up music is for Petros Papadakis. I think we might have just committed an FCC violation, but the guys... You know what? It says clean version, but it... But didn't that sound like a curse word we just played? He dropped a GD on the clean version, so we had to dump his walk-up music. Oh, that's typical. Thank you, Petros. Uh, Thanks, Petros. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Also, we are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, Petros Papadakis joins us now. Uh, Petros. Yes. What happened on Tuesday? Oh, I just slept. I kind of yeah. just asked it off. No. Hey, I'm stunned that you're willing to get up with us. Uh, so, uh, when you weren't there for Tuesday, but I actually was concerned because you've been so reliable. I was like, I wonder if something has happened to him. No, I was just depressed. Uh, I decided that I was going to not do yoga in the morning and I just said, I'll sleep in. And I totally forgot about the radio show. And I'm deeply sorry to everybody. I know that everybody's Tuesday was not the same. There's no doubt at all. All right, so we haven't talked much about this. Since when did you not this. drop a GD on the radio? We say <laughs> yeah, it every day. What, what kind of world have we, have we rolled into? Here's a question that I have for you. We haven't ta- I've kind of teased it for a while on the show. I am obsessed with Elon Musk. I think the guy is utterly fascinating in every respect. Um, Tesla car company, the, the SpaceX company, and now he says he's going to dig a tunnel between East Hollywood and and the Dodger Stadium in Chavez Ravine, and it's going to turn like what can be an hours-long commute depending on traffic. And I, I, I've only ever been to one game at Dodger Stadium. I went to the World Series. Uh, Doug Gottlieb picked me up, and we sat in traffic for like two and a half hours to make it to the World Series. It was unlike anything I've ever seen before. So what are the odds that this tunnel actually gets dug and that at some point you're able to get in a car, like one of these companies, are you hitting buttons for us there? And no, that's gonna... not me. I don't know why it happens. It's not. It happens when I'm on the air with you, and it has nothing to do with me. I'm on my landline in my office, so don't you tell me about the buttons or the music. I, I don't know what's going on. A rough start. What are the odds that you're ever able to actually do this? What are the odds that this happens? For people who don't know out there, maybe you know more about this than I do. I've just seen the headline. They are talking about digging a tunnel from East Hollywood, I think, to the Dodger Stadium, and it would allow you to get there in like four minutes as opposed to four hours, which is basically what it seems like it takes now. Yeah, I can answer that. Uh, first of all, I think the beeps are your dump button, oh. right? I don't know. Well, the L.A. studio, is that you with the beeps? Yes, that's the dump mm. button re, uh, uh, reigniting, rebooting no, this, itself. This is why Petros is controversial. Yeah. 
Uh, we don't know. We didn't right, touch. So, we didn't touch anything in Los Angeles. So it's somehow the dump there's a beep. Button. No, the dump button does like a digital garble sound, catching back up to itself. There's no beeping on the dump button. Well, it ain't me. Just like the Bob Dylan song. It ain't me, it's babe. Beep gate. Beep gate indeed. All right, so what are the odds this tunnel ever happens? Probably very low. I mean, we, we're still building a metro system in Los Angeles that has cost like billion. You should look up those articles. It's cost billions of dollars. Nobody uses it. It doesn't go anywhere. You know, it's like stairs to nowhere. I don't know that I've ever seen Like, I've heard that there is a public transportation system in L.A., I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Like I don't even know where this train is. Have you ever seen the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh yeah. Okay. In Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it depicts Los Angeles in like the '40s, and there's a red line. The red line was the greatest public transportation system that any city had ever had built. It was better than New York, better than the T, better than the L, and the Firestone family who made tires when they built the 10 freeway all the way to Santa Monica, uh, pulled a coup in the L.A. City Council and got it ripped out. One of the and worst that's decisions of all time. why you were in the freaking time. traffic for two and a half hours with Gottlieb to get to <laughs> Dodger Stadium. It's one of the worst decisions ever made, probably, honest. I'm not even kidding about it the, really the city of Los Angeles. It really is, unless you're the Firestone family and you make beer and wine and tires and one of you was The Bachelor and you're laughing up in Santa Barbara and you're never in L.A. traffic, and if you are, you helicopter in. But the red line, which my grandmother used to take to church from San Pedro all the way into, like, uh, the mid-city area, mid-Wilshire area, Yep. and it took, like, 25 minutes or something crazy like that, some people do take the train. I, I just, there's so much red tape. Let, let me give you an example. Uh, you ever heard of Parker Center, the old L.A. Uh, PD building? It's, no, it's, you know, it's in all kinds of TV yeah. shows like The Closer and stuff like that. They built a new L.A. PD building, and they're cr- trying to knock over the old one. Instead, it's being protested, and the wrecking balls are being blocked by homeless activists that want to turn it into a 40,000-square-foot dorm for homeless people. That's, that's, what, that's what Elon Musk will be dealing with. Basically, that would turn it into the Carter from New Jack City, just a giant crack house. Yeah, I just I am blown away by this entire idea. I'm looking at Too the pictures. Too much red tape, Clay. Nothing gets done in L.A. That's, that's the answer. Yeah, it, it's really pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Well, they you said can it would... equate it to sports in a lot of ways too. I mean, th- that's that's why uh, no one has a stadium unless the owner builds it himself, like the one in 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 uh, Santa Clara or the one that they're building in Inglewood. You know, the Chargers are going to rent with them. The Raiders are leaving the the, the state. Uh, it's just a really hard state to get anything done. Well, especially because they say that it would take. 14 months to build it and I'm like 14 months are you kidding me like a little over a year to build this track I mean this is incredible if it ends up happening I think it's an amazing story and again you know who uh, his girlfriend is Elon Musk no I don't know his girlfriend is a, a fabulous uh artist singer songwriter kind of person named Grimes didn't know that. I, I read. I read Elon Musk's uh, the book about Elon Musk that was written, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's sold a lot of copies. And I just find him to be completely fascinating and such a total badass. 
um, in everything that he's done and also fearless. So I would love to see this happen, but it's amazing to me that this story comes out in the middle of, if you've been following Tesla, like whether or not they might go private. Uh, they're favored, by the way. I saw odds. They have offshore odds on who's most likely to go to Mars first. SpaceX is right now the favorite at like minus 350 to put a person on Mars first. I think Musk has said he wants to die on Mars. Like at some point he wants to go there and finish his life on Mars. What an unbelievable uh, story in general. The, the, the Elon Musk book that I read is phenomenal. I'd encourage people to read it. All right, let's go outside of, uh, of the Dodgers getting to the game. What's going on with Kenley Jansen? And what uh, impact uh, is his health going to have? And what's the vibe right now among Dodger fans? Look at you going so hard locally. I just own Dodger beat. Like when you think, who knows the Dodgers? Nationwide people are like Clay Travis knows that's more the about truth. the Dodgers than anybody. Yeah, I think that's kind of what people think. Well, Kenley Jansen has a heart uh, problem. He had a heart problem uh well, maybe six, seven years ago and a surgery, and it looks like he might need another kind of surgery. Uh, I'm not sure how major or minor that surgery is, but uh, I saw him yesterday or two days ago at Dodger Stadium, and he was in pretty good spirits, and he was working out and moving around. And obviously, if there was any doubt as to who's the most important guy on the Dodger baseball team, it was answered uh, in the last five or six games. I think they, the bullpen is blown, and it's been a different guy every night. The bullpen has blown seven games in a row. That's amazing. And last night they were able to pull it out, and I think the first of those uh, they were able to pull out. But uh, it's been a real siege. And it'll be a knockdown, dragout fight all the way through. Uh, last year was a little different. The Dodgers built themselves such a pad that whenever they had a slide, it was not that big of a deal. But uh, this year's a little bit different, and uh, we're going to watch them struggle all the way to the, down the stretch. We'll see who makes it. Where does Dodgers-Giants rank in L.A. sports rivalries? Um, obviously, you've got USC-UCLA. You've got, uh, the, the, over the history, the Lakers versus the Celtics. How would you slot in uh, the Dodgers versus the Giants? Is it the best rivalry in the yeah. city of L.A. in sports? Yeah, I think it's the number one and the most relatable. It it pits the Bay Area against Los Angeles. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was a Ram fan, and John Robinson was the coach of the Rams, and Jim Everett was their quarterback, uh, I was a big Ram fan, and we hated the 49ers, you know, Joe Montana and Ronnie Lott and those guys. And the Rams just could not get over that hump. But the most consistent over the decades is is obviously Dodgers Giants, and they they do uh, get after each other. And there's also kind of a weird respect there, like any great rivalry. One team is much less uh, if the other one doesn't exist, and they kind of came over together from the East Coast. Did you know the Mets colors represent the two teams that left New York, Dodgers and Giants? No, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, how about that? That's a pretty good little factoid. Uh, you like that, speak- brother? Yeah, speaking of New York uh, and L.A. cross-pollination, you've got Sam Darnold playing tonight. Incredible transition from me. Uh, and I know you watch Sam Darnold play every game that mattered at SC over his career. He played his first preseason game looked pretty good. Are you a believer in Sam Darnold, and would you believe that he is going to start in week one? I said earlier on the show, I think based on what I saw in the first preseason game, and given Josh McCown's not exactly a guy who you feel like, oh, we can have this guy and, and, and feel comfortable with him for an entire year in terms of being very good, 
I think that Sam Darnold will start week one. Are you paying attention? Do you agree? Yeah, I'm paying really close attention. Uh, I watched his whole first game and was really impressed, but not surprised. Because, as you know, I've always been a big believer in Sam Darnold. I think once he got that NFL coaching and once he had an offense where there's a little bit more protection, I thought it was interesting because his first series uh, for the Jets was behind the second team O-line. And O-line depth, I guess, has been a problem in the NFL this year. In the preseason, it's been kind of glaring. I've heard some people talk about. And uh, Darnold was under siege. He got the ball out. And then they replaced one of the guys on the O-line with a starter, and he really started to to flourish and look comfortable. For his first game, it was pretty remarkable. Uh, And I like the way Baker Mayfield looked. I would have never drafted Baker Mayfield before Sam Darnold, or Saquon Barkley, for that matter. But uh, I like Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. I thought both those guys looked like themselves, comfortable, uh, great leadership, uh, teammates like them and very accurate, both of them. And they're both very different. But I was impressed with it. And I think, you know, is he going to start week one, I guess, is your question. Uh, it, this happens at USC, and it definitely is, a, is the case in the pros. He's got to start. At some point, he's going to be the starter. So uh, does it matter if it's week one? I don't think it does. You know, at some point, Baker Mayfield's got to start over Tyrod Taylor. Money plays. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, uh, Darnold, uh, even Lamar Jackson. Uh, Those guys are going to have to be the starter eventually because of the equity of the pick. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but it happens sooner or later. And these days it happens much sooner uh, than later. Remember, Carson Palmer sat out his whole first year. There are a lot of guys you can point to that have set out for their entire first years. It's become increasingly less and less common. We're talking to Petros Papadakis. We obviously opened the show, you could probably guess, with Jalen Ramsey's GQ article. I'm sure you talked about it some on your show yesterday. I what didn't. did you think? You didn't mention it at all. No, I talked about it on Seattle radio. Uh, I got you. Well, you can talk about it with us. What did you think about that story in general, good or bad for the NFL? Well, you know... <sighs> People want more and more to know everything about everybody, right? Yes. If we, you know, we want to splay that person out and open them up and look at their rib cage and pancreas and spleen and the whole deal. And in a much more negative way, this was the Richie Incognito, Jonathan Martin situation, right? Where people that love the NFL really got a chance to see how the sausage is made in the locker room. And a lot of them didn't like it. And that's okay. But this is how players really talk. This is how super confident guys that go out there and are in the line of fire, so to speak, this is how they talk in the locker room. This is how they keep their swagger going. Not everybody, but a lot of guys. So uh, to me, it was a little bit refreshing to hear somebody actually speak like I know how football players speak. I don't think it was a good look. And it's obviously not how you talk to the media. To me, it just seemed like he got drunk in front of a writer. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what happens. You know, you get comfortable with a guy for a couple days, John Rocker style, and the the interview changes your life and everybody's perception of you. It's fascinating. It really is. Uh, Petros Papadakis, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. I really do. Seriously, I say this. I appreciate you getting up. The show's a lot better for it. and, uh, And I thank you for doing it. Well, I, I thank you. 
for having me. And I'm sorry about Tuesday. And I'm not taking responsibility for those beats. I'm not. <laughs> oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroesfilm.com to get tickets now. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.